The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Nine minutes after eight here on AM Live. And just a quick uh, cricket update. South Africa, uh, 272 for five wicket just fallen. And uh, that is uh, David Miller, who's walking 272 for five and uh, four balls remaining uh, before the end of this innings. And, of course, the score will be adjusted. And we'll let you know more about that as the morning progresses. Back to the forum at eight, though. And uh, to this morning, we are talking about race. 1994 ushered in the dawn of democracy in South Africa. Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu called us a rainbow nation. And the world looked at the social and democratic transition with hope and keen interest. However, more than two decades later, South Africans are still in the midst of a full social transition. And most recently, Deputy President Cyril Ramaphosa called on the Western Cape leadership to deal with its issues regarding racism. And uh, from that, I mean... Twitter went wild and everybody seemingly has a say on this matter and rightly so. So how do we deal with this decades-old social ill? On the forum at 8 this morning, the question we are grappling with is whether racism today is worse than it was at the dawn of democracy in South Africa. And joining us for this conversation, City of Cape Town Executive Mayor Patricia DeLille. Thanks for your time this morning, Ms. DeLille. Good morning, Sakina. And we also have with us Tim Duplessis, who's Head of News and Actuality at CakeNet. Good morning. Good morning, ma'am. And Good morning, Mzo- Madam Mayor. Good morning, Tim. And Mzotlolo Mpolase is a political analyst. Tim, thanks for your time as well. Thank you for having me, Sakina. Now, um, Mayor DeLille, let me start with you. As we all know, yes. apartheid is dead. But many would concur with the sentiment that racism is alive and well in South Africa. But is it any worse today than it was in 1994? Well, Sakina, given that South African history has been structured along racial separation for centuries, it is to be expected that history lives with us today. And history does not disappear into some form of forgotten place to be recalled at will. It actually breathes right here and now. And the legacy of apartheid on all of us cannot just be eradicated in two, two decades. From Durban to Johannesburg, Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, Kimberley, Pretoria, everywhere uh, in between, our historical experience of race lives with us in South Africa. So yes, There are more incidents of racism that are being reported all over the country. And as South Africa also, we are not alone in confronting racism. In other countries, they are grappling with institutionalized racism too, in the UK, in America. So it's a global phenomenon. And there's still tremendous work that we still have to do to make the respect for human rights a reality for everyone in South Africa. And then, of course, uh, there's the charge, and it's been around for a long, long time, that Cape Town is the most racist city in South Africa. How do you, as the executive mayor of that city, respond to that? Well, let me respond to the open letter that I've written to Deputy President Sarola Mamposa. In January 2015, I made an announcement in my council speech that the city of Cape Town leadership is going to start a campaign to build an inclusive city for redress and reconciliation. 
followed on that, on Human Rights Day, we launched a campaign that racism is a problem for all in South Africa and that the decent majority aren't racist. But the reality is that the minority has the power to shape wider perception. On the 18th of March, Deputy President made a statement in Parliament. I then wrote to the Deputy President to say to him that we take those allegations very seriously. And indeed, I have launched on Human Rights Day the inclusive city campaign to address precisely these issues of racist incidents. Now, and as you know, racism is a national and a global problem, but the city of Cape Town is taking the lead in South Africa in addressing these difficult race issues. So over the next few weeks, I will be engaging with industry to find ways in which we can prevent this incident. So I then called on the Deputy President to please send me the evidence of the uh, incidents that he made reference to in his speech in Parliament so that I can use that evidence in my engagement with the industry to direct action. Because I believe, Sakina, it is up to our country's leaders to provide direction on these matters. So I took his allegations seriously and I also asked him and tackling these issues head on. But is it a problem, uh, particularly in Cape Town, this issue of racism? Is it more overtly, um, you know, uh, evident in Cape Town than it is elsewhere in South Africa? No, it is not, Sakina. You know that these incidents are being reported all over the country. But part of our campaign, Sakina, is also to teach South Africans to know your rights. Don't allow these races to speak for you. Because if people who can afford to book an hotel or a restaurant, if they are confronted with these racist incidents, they should know their rights and they should be able to act immediately. So Cape Town is actually leading the rest of the country. I can't remember in the past 20 years of our democracy that any government has actually took the time to have a campaign to start a dialogue to talk about this difficult issue of race. Mm. Tim, let me come to you. And uh, I saw the article that you wrote in um, uh, City Press uh, this past Sunday. And in it, you go on to say that black South Africans should stop thinking that most most whites still long for apartheid. Just talk us through your thinking on this particular matter. Well, I I sincerely believe that because white South Africans, even for all their faults, are realists. They understand that apartheid can never be brought back. I mean, what do you think will happen with South Africa internationally if here's a movement to try to want to bring back apartheid? It can just not happen, never happen. It's not practical. They've adjusted to the new reality, and they say, let's make this thing work. I just want to say I fully concur with everything. It's not often that I find myself in agreement with politicians, but I fully concur with just about everything that Mayor DeLille has said. And I want to take us back in the... In, uh, somewhere in the mid towards the late 90s, when President Mandela was still the president, he made a speech to Johannesburg Press Club once in which he said, South Africans must remember that we as a nation, as, as a country, have conquered racism. What we have not conquered is pockets of racism that still exist and, and, and individual races that you find all over society. Our job is, and that's what the president said, we must find those people and isolate them and bring them to their senses or do whatever we need to do with that. 
but we should remind ourselves more often that we've conquered racism in our country. Mm. But, uh, you know, there, there, there were quite a few uh, points that really uh, jumped out at me from uh, that piece that you wrote on Sunday. And I just want to yeah. read a bit of that. You go on to say that black South Africans should realize that the calls for white South Africans to apologize for apartheid are not having much effect. Remorse comes from within. Coerced remorse has no value. Where should yes. whites apologize? What form should it take? And who should do it? But then also there uh, you say that um, I wish black South Africans would take more confidence from their victory over apartheid and that might be the point where they can start forgiving not because whites deserve it but because it will empower them. Now you know as a black South African myself and I've heard many people also espouse this view that black South Africa feels that they have bent over backwards in this reconciliation effort. And they feel that there is little or no reciprocation from white South Africa in this regard. And yet you are saying black South Africa needs to start forgiving. How so? What, what do you want me to do? What do you want black South I, I, Africans I, I, to do? No, no, no. no that's what you, you, you say there's no reciprocation. What do you want me to do? I went to the Truth Commission as a journalist in 1997, and I admitted that I worked for a newspaper at the time that supported the apartheid system. We didn't commit any human rights violations, but we helped to maintain, to keep a system in place that made it possible. And we expressed our regret for that, and we accepted responsibility for our role. What more should I do? But you see, How can I, I mean, I admit, I, 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 hear, I hear what you say. But I'm trying to be practical here, because what should we do? What should white South Africans do? I mean, there are about 3.5 million of them. Each and every one must make a statement. What should they do? Let's be very practical mm. about this. But, but, but you are very clear. you clear in and saying that black take, South Africa yes. should forgive. Now, what exactly yeah. should they be forgiving at this point? Well, black South Africa should forgive for apartheid. They must just say, you know... This, is, this has happened, and, you know, we must... And I understand that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to personalize it too much, but I grew up in a very staunch Afrikaner house, and my, my grandmother didn't like the English at all, and she kept on reminding us about the atrocities of the Anglo-Boer War, up until the point where we said, Omar, the war is over now, we must move on. We're trying to build a new country, I have English friends. And that's, I just can't understand this. I mean, we keep on harping and coming back to this point. Whites must be, white must, I don't know exactly what it is that they must do. Uh, and I, I don't see any sort of, you know, practical way of expressing this. Whites don't have a leader. I mean, there's no one that can stand up like Mr. Zuma is the elected leader by the majority of black South Africans. There's no white person that can stand up and say, I'm the majority leader of white South Africans. I can make this statement. But why, do, wh- wh- why does white South Africa need a leader for that? Because from your own admission, you say that remorse comes yeah. from within. So surely yeah. that, that, that brings it down to the yeah. individual. And each individual mm. South African should be making that effort yeah. at reconciliation. Absolutely. And I tell you, where, wherever I move in, 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 among friends and people and white people, I tell you, guys, we must accept responsibility for our part. We cannot make a system that has never existed. But I'm one small little individual, and there are a few others. There are many white South Africans who understand this, and they, they try to do this, but they never heard because they don't have sort of you know, platforms to say this is what I'm going to do. I mean, the time for this, and this is my point, 
I think it's a pity that not more white South Africans participated in the processes of the TRC. But the time for that has passed. There is no TRC anymore. Where should we do what we are supposed to do? That's my question in practical terms. Mm. When you say there are no platforms, what does that mean? What to you would uh, you know, be a platform where people can come out and express what they yeah. need to? I mean, you say white South Africans should, you say blacks have bent backwards and, and, and white South Africans have not reciprocated. Where should they reciprocate? What should they do? Perhaps they not where, but private. how? How should oh, that yes. reciprocation yeah, happen? exactly. But that's my question. How? How should it happen? I mean, it, I think it happens in very private spaces, in very private spheres. It may happen at least once a day, you know, all over the country. We don't even know about that. But when we say white should do A, B, and C, because another part of that article is Monli Matanya also wrote an article in which he told white people that they should do what they should do. This was an honest attempt from the two of us to see, let's see if we can get some dialogue going, and I'm happy for this opportunity mm. because it means the dialogue is continuing. Absolutely. But it's, it's in, we must be practical about this whole thing, and we must also take into consideration human nature. I mean, human nature are complex individuals. Uh, if I go out and if I start using the platforms that I have um, available to me in the newspapers where, you know, I, I have a column in the newspaper and I have occasional chances to speak on radio and television, and if I keep on hammering away at white people and tell them, you must apologize, the blacks have been backwards and you must reciprocate and all that, they're just going to say, yes, this guy is on about this thing again. You know what? I have nothing to worry about stuffing. I'm not going to listen to him anymore. That's the practical problem. Well, we are asking, is racism today worse than it was at the dawn of democracy? And uh, we unfortunately have to let uh, the executive mayor of Cape Town, Patricia DeLille, go. But before you go, uh, Ms. DeLille, what must white people do in order to uh, further this reconciliation project and uh, perhaps eventually eradicate racism altogether? Sakina, one thing that's missing in the debate this morning is that we must not forget we now live in a constitutional state where people have got rights. And that each and every one in our country should know our rights. One of the rights is that you cannot be discriminated against. You, your dignity must be protected and respected. You can associate with whatever you want to do. You can do and choose wherever you want to live. You can choose your language. We have fought for these rights. Many people have died for these rights. And so let us use those rights, not only white South Africans, but black, colored, Indian, all of us. We should know our rights so that we do not allow these races to speak for us. Because you've got a decent majority out there. But my solution to this social change that we need to do is for people to know their rights and to protect their rights. So that will be my contribution, and I hope that South Africans can all come together and isolate the minority of races amongst us and not allow them to speak for us, but that we know our rights. Government should have a, a, a curriculum included uh, the Bill of Rights and teach everybody to know their rights. Because if a person is refused entrance in a restaurant, you should know your rights and find out why am I refused entrance into a restaurant. We have all of those complaints, but we have to tackle them. We can't just be victims and wanting to complain about it. Take them up, 
as and when they happen, and I'm Shakina, with the kind of debate that we're having this morning with the rest of the country, we will be able to build reconciliation and redress and make our country a better place. I love my country, and I will not allow anybody to mess up my country. That is why we are leading this campaign against the races in Cape Town to say that you will not speak for us. Mm, Mr. Lowe, great. Uh, you know, that was well said. But still, if you were to respond to Tim's question, what must whites do? I think from the white uh, people is that people, whites must acknowledge our history. Whites must acknowledge that the history that we emerged from was wrong. Apartheid has declared a crime against humanity. And move on from the acknowledgement that it was wrong to then not try and take our past into our future. Because the past must be remembered, but we can shape our own future. We can design our own future, and therefore whites must be part of designing that new future under a, a culture a rights uh, uh, of culture, culture of rights, and within the framework of our constitution, I believe that all of us can work together. Because you don't need to be a black person to fight racism. Like you don't need to be a gay person to fight homophobia, or you don't need to be a woman to fight gender um, uh, inequality. All of those issues need to be, we need to depend on the point that we are a united nation, united in our diversity, like the preamble of our constitution is saying. So I hope in this debate this morning, Sakina, South Africans will take heed of our wonderful constitution and that they need to claim those rights. Otherwise, those rights will remain paper rights. Thank you very much for the opportunity and thank you for for discussing the race debate this morning. City of Cape Town, Executive Mayor Patricia DeLille, who unfortunately have to leave. And uh, if you've just joined us, the question we are tackling this morning, is racism worse today than it was at the dawn of democracy? We still have with us Tim Duplessis, who's the head of news and actuality at CakeNet. And we also have Mzokolo Mpolase, who's a political analyst. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to take any of your calls or uh, anything right now because we are coming up to news time. So uh, let me rather just read through a few of the messages coming through. Sarah Mahoba says, uh, racism is still alive here in South Africa. I've been reading comments on News 24 and 95% of them are racial and they humiliate black people. It is shocking. This one says, I think it is no longer just racism but classism. People discriminate against poverty, not color. Whites want to associate with Mutsipe, but not the poor. Beggy in KZN says, contrary to popular belief, racism never went away and like the HIV virus, it mutates because it's premised on racial superiority and the entrenched ownership and protectiveness of property and wealth. That's from Beggy and KZN. Love to hear your views. We're going to open the lines and we're going to speak to our political analyst as well. 891 is the number to dial. SMS us on 34701. Tweet or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM. And we're in conversation with Tim Duplessis, who's head of news and actuality at CakeNet, and Umzokolo Mpolase, who's a political Analyst, let me hear from you, uh, you know, your input on what has been discussed thus far. Well, my sense is that uh, they're varying realities. And, uh, you know, when you find yourself in a situation, you have to return to what we understand as being racism. And uh, 
racism generally will manifest itself in political systems such as we had in South Africa, uh, practices and beliefs and social action. So if you have it as a political system, it will naturally uh, involve all of those other aspects, the practices and the social action kind of perspective. So that's essentially what's at play here. So when we talk about racism in South Africa or, or sort of race relations improving or not improving for the past 20 years, you need to look at those aspects. Indeed, the political system, that is apartheid, is no longer there. So at least at that basic level, that has been removed. And what remains, to some extent, are the practices and the social actions. Because if you speak to many South Africans, if you read at studies that aim to understand South Africa's racial condition, such as the, the Reconciliation Barometer Survey, that's what they point to, the mistrust that exists between races, uh, and over time, actually, the sort of disconnect uh, between the various race groups of the effects of apartheid. So if, for instance, you have to ask uh, South Africans in general whether they think apartheid was wrong, yes, the majority of them will say, of course it was wrong. So from that point of view, there is some moving on and maybe dwelling in questions of who should apologize, who should not apologize, have that uh, a missed aspect of uh, the racism debate in that that is already assumed. The majority of South Africans think it was wrong. But then when it goes to deeper questions of saying, well, what has been the impact of racism or apartheid on black South Africans, on uh, 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 Indian, colored, uh, and uh, that's when you start to see the differences because over time these differences have actually increased, uh, particularly within the white South Africans. So it's those manifestations that are starting to change, the social aspects that have not changed. If you speak to many South Africans, they'll tell you what is their problem with race. They'll speak about uh, an incident that happened at work, that's a social action. They'll speak about uh, behaviors at schools. All of that relates to the social aspect of racism. Uh, you know, for instance, how uh, various races in South Africa construe what it means. Uh, to reconcile. You know, sometimes when you're involved in studies, you'll see that a black South African, for instance, has got a different reality of what reconciliation means for a white South African. So unless that, uh, unless that disconnect is addressed, then you'll continue to have this racism. But at least at the entry level, at the most basic level, the political system that perpetuated racism has come to be dismantled, but social actions and practices pretty much remain quite static. Well, we're going to go to the lines now. 0891-104-208. would love to hear what our listeners have to say about this. Uh, what is your view? Is South Africa, is racism in South Africa worse today than it was at the dawn of democracy? 0891-104-208 is the number to dial. Marsha, are you calling from Cape Town? Good morning. Yes, and uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, look, what I would like to say is you must remember the, uh, the Cape, Cape Town, this is, um, this is Khoisan country, and it's always been that, and it's always been the colored community's country as well. For centuries, the blacks had never put foot here. So, you know, to have them coming in, they are a totally different um, race. They have their own culture, their own traditions. Now, what I don't want is to be in close association with them, and I'll tell you why. The reason is their culture and their tradition, they traffic in the dead, and by that they call up the spirits of their ancestors. 
And, um, you know, as far as um, our Christianity is concerned, that is not condoned by God. And therefore, this puts them on a, for instance, take uh, um, what happened um, at Maracana. They could have saved that situation. 34 people died in horrific circumstances. Now, you know, they had Sangomas. They had witchcraft. They had Muti. I mean, you know. So, uh, so, so what's the problem with that? If that is someone's belief system, Marsha, like Christianity Please, is then yours. Please, don't try to uh, force whites and blacks into a cohesive situation because it just isn't going to work. And I would not associate or have a close association with blacks. It's as simple as that. Are you a racist, Marcia? I'm a racist. I love whites. What more can I say? And I'm not a racist. I know people are blacks. I've been out with them to dinner. I work with them. I'm associated with them. But when I say I'm not going to be involved in a close association, that is exactly what I mean. And purely on the grounds of their particular trafficking in the dead. It's you see not nothing wrong with your utterances, Marsha. You can't sit at the table. With God and with demons. It's Marcia, unacceptable. your belief system is not the only one in town. Are you willing to accept that? Let's say um, my belief system on the creation. Yes, that's not the only view is around. for real. Now you can go and, and others are not. And you'll find all the archaeology, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, whatever you want to find. Any... Um, yeah, Marsha, you, you, you talk about people coming in from elsewhere into the Cape and places that don't belong to them. And um, what if someone said to you that your ancestors came from Europe? So, true, so, so you, true, have, true. you have even look, less of a right to I be I don't here. go around throwing poo on Shaka, whose history I have read. A man who was a very great leader of his people. I respect him as a leader. But um, a close association with these people, that's not on for me. And I don't go around throwing poo. That's totally uncivilized. And let me tell you, UCT would not be here for these these, uh, students to go and study if it wasn't for Rhodes. His land, his money, and his statue. Now, leave Mm. it alone. Stop trying to um, uh, desecrate the uh, culture and of the white people. That's what you're trying to do in this country. Thank you so much, Marcia in Cape Town. Well, what's your response to Marcia? I have lots to say, but I'm not going to say it. I'd want to hear your response to that. Let's go to Walter in Vereniging. Good morning. Hi, hi, Sakina. Good morning. Yes, Walter. Yes. Look, um, I think in general, this is the problem that we have um, in South Africa, as you've heard from Marcia white arrogance and, and superiority. Um, I mean, whatever that she said, you could just hear that uh, a type of attitude that we have to deal with. But uh, besides the point, what I'm trying to say is, indeed, the race has increased so much in South Africa now more than ever. Let me tell you why I'm saying that. Um, you see, the previously, before 94, we knew that they hated us. It was clear. But now the lines are so blurred. 
That's why it becomes worse because it manifests itself in a lot of ways. I mean, the gentleman that that is there that says, uh, how do you want them to apologize? They fail to understand one critical thing, that in the center of race struggle, it, uh, 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 um, what we struggled against was resources. They standing there in their own arrogance, you can hear even in Masia, they're still enjoying in the opulence of what they did out of the atrocities that they have made our people to suffer. So in general, these white people would never change because they think that they are still superior to us. They think that um, 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 they, they, they are still uh, 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 the demigods or the chosen ones. That's why Mashiach, even in her reference, she'll always refer to Christianity. Okay. So, 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 so it is worse because it is blair. Uh, it is, I mean, I do not carry a pass around, right? And, and I, would, I would imagine that perhaps I am free. But, but if I go to work, um, I know that the, 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 the war is not openly declared. It's a battle lines that are very blame, and they are manifested in how they treat, uh, they treat me okay. in terms of promotion, mm. in terms of economic emancipation, and all those things. That's why, as the ANC Youth League, we, we still say economic freedom in our lifetime. Thank you so much, Walter, calling from Frienaging. Prudy, you're in Cape Town. Good morning. Yes, yes. I mean, the, the mayor spoke about... Um, Prudy, please turn off your radio. I'm going to come back to you um, whilst you do that. Let's go to Emmanuel in Bramfontein. Hi, Emmanuel. Hello. Hi, good morning. I think my question is, 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 is two, really. The first one is I think we're assuming uh, what racism is. And, and, and the gentleman, I, I forgot his name, the one who's discussing just uh, uh, previously, he was trying to explain the different variations, uh, different types of racism. I think we need to, to make a clear distinction there because for me, I think racism is a manifestation of underlying uh, power differences, power differences in terms of economic, social, and cultural. And in the case of South Africa, I think there's a, there's a long history of, of colonial and apartheid. So the foundation of that one is the foundation of resource. So the enterprise, the colonial and, and apartheid enterprise, basically was an enterprise that was to want to extract resources. And hence, in South Africa, if you see between 1805 and 1994, there were more than 350 laws promulgated by the colonial and apartheid in order to segregate people, movement, and all that. The essence of that one essentially was resource. There was nothing else. So uh, racism was, was, of course, important because it was used as, as a point of, of uh, segregation and justification. But unless we deal with that fundamental question, then what we're going to have is we're going to have in SABC always this discourse about this one, which might be cathartic in, at one level, but I, I think uh, SABC, I think, has a responsibility because I have, I've listened many times to SABC. They come with this talk, ad hoc kind of racism. What's racism? Is it there now or not there? I think SABC has to take a program, a program that does investigation, its own investigative journalism, does do work, and then profoundly follow those kind of programs. Otherwise, okay. what we're going to have is we're going to have these snapshots here and there, but profoundly, we're not going to touch anything. All right. Thank you so much, Emmanuel. Prudy, we're back to you in Cape Town. Good morning. Said, asked, said, what do we do in practice? And then the mayor spoke about restaurants. Now, I'm in Cape Town. I was at a restaurant on Saturday, Human Rights Day, and they were just playing white music. When we asked, what about black music, African music? 
They, the manager said, well, the owner doesn't want that. She just wants the UK 40 to be played. And I just feel that maybe those people in public responsibility, they need to take responsibility and address and assist in changing mindsets. Mm. If they're going to continue pumping us with this kind of indoctrination and emphasizing whiteness all the time, how is there going to be a space for blackness as well? Mm. But uh, in the Western Cape uh, producing that you are calling from that part of the world, mm. there is also, you know, um, uh, this problem with uh, colored on black racism. Mm. What's been your experience of that? Well, the thing is that it's also because of the history. And um, I think that one should try to do things step by step. The leaders also feed into that kind of prejudices not trying to look at how one begins to, to do little things in, in terms of education and so forth, and not just playing on people's um, racist attitudes and prejudices. It's us as leaders that also have to take a responsibility. Mm, okay, Prudy, thank you so much for that. Uh, Tim Duplessis, uh, what's your response to what we've just heard? Walter was talking about white arrogance and white privilege. And um, yeah. I think, you know, uh, perhaps unfortunately some would say you get a call from Marsha and she just espouses right. that by the bucket load. Yeah, I think I think I can have a conversation with Walter. Uh, him and I can talk, and you know, I don't. I'm not saying we will reach a, an agreement, but we can talk. I'm not too sure if I can make, if I can reach an agreement with Marsha. My views, my certain, my views, most certainly, I don't share uh, her views. But that's this is the only thing we must do. We must talk about this. I mean, and and also, if I can come back to what Mayor Delilla said, I think white people must accept responsibility for the past, and I've done that, and I will do it every time then there's an opportunity for me to do that. But then at some point we must say, we must stop dwelling about the past all the time. We must moving, the past is holding us prisoner. And I think it's time for us to say, guys, we must deal with this thing, and this program is perhaps a way of doing that. Mm. And there are many other ways where we can do this. Maybe the churches can play a big role here. And then at some point we must say, we must start talking about the future, because that's the big problem. But, but, but this is very much still our present, Tim. Yes, there was apartheid in the past, mm. but this racism yes. that we are experiencing is the here and now. Absolutely. But, you know, once again, we must be very imaginative in the way we deal with this because if we just keep on making accusations and blaming and, and sort of, you know, hanging labels around people's necks, I mean, we're just not going to deal with that. We must look at this thing in a holistic way and accept human nature is of a specific sort of, you know, being it does certain things under certain pressure and there are certain things it won't do and there's other things that it may do. And I think we must be more imaginative and more creative in how we deal with this whole thing. Mm. Schools are very important. Absolutely. But before I let you go, white arrogance, what can be done about that? Look, I mean, it's, I don't know, you, you cannot legislate white arrogance out. I think we must sort of, we must have conversations about that and we must say, I absolutely don't agree uh, with the sentiments expressed by one of the callers who said, you know, blacks cannot do this or whites cannot do this. Blacks can do anything, anything that whites can do, as good or, or as bad as they can do it. So that's not, it's just a conversation that we must continue to have. And let me tell you, there are many white people who go into civil service buildings, into municipalities, and they deal with metro cops, and they come back and they say, you know, 
these people are just so courteous, they're so efficient. And it is also, there's a, you, you can see there's a bit of a racial bias. They say, I expected the worst and I got the best. And every time when that happens, it teaches them a little lesson. Mm. We're going to let you go there, uh, Tim Duplessis. Thank you so much uh, for affording us your time this morning. Uh, Tim, of course, Head of News and Actuality at CakeNet. And Mohammed, you've been holding. Thank you so much for your patience. What's your contribution this morning? Uh, good morning to yourself and your listeners. <coughs> it feels in a constitutional dispensation that we are going back to the date, days of apartheid. Uh, I'd like to bring to the attention of your listeners two incidents. Uh, the one is a, a Tom Pass a business that is going on in Worcester, currently in the Cape, and the other one is the use of the K-word in Peter Maritzburg. Uh, it's a pretty much the little, uh, uh, it's gone because she represents uh, the white majority capital of South Africa, there is Cape Town, we all thought it would be Bloemfontein. Uh, and uh, in, in Worcester, after 9 o'clock at night, uh, if you are black and you are moving around in the streets, you are being harassed and pursued all the time mm-hmm. because you are black if you don't have uh, an ID card with you uh, in your possession. So that's a big problem. It seems as though in our constitutional dispensation, the Dom Pass days are back. Then in the Peter Marisburg uh, Magistrates Court uh, last week, uh, cases were uh, cases were drawn wherein Mr. Edmund Rusty Ruet, 75-year-old, uh, I suppose English white man, English African white man, called. Uh, Mr. Uh, Jabulani Shabalala on, with the K-word and calling him a baboon. The, the charges were withdrawn. We are in the process of asking the prosecution to, to review that so that we can make a clear statement to um, racial superioritists that we will not tolerate this anymore in our country. We don't want to be called uh, K-words mm. anymore. We don't want to be called baboons. Okay. Mohamed... Uh, thank you so much for that contribution. We are wrapping up. I just want to run through a number of your uh, messages coming through, looking at the SMS line. This one says, are cultural and class issues not uh, sometimes mistaken for racism? Should we not deal with these different stances rather than race? Ernest in Soweto says, Dalil is a funny person to be talking about racism when she and Zilla used, to her, uh, her, uh, used her race to get her to be Cape Town a mayor. This one says, uh, it is worse because then black people People had accepted second citizenry status and whites are continuing with self-preservation. This is perpetuated by the fact that whites own the economy. Aslam says, I'm a Somalian shopkeeper. Give me a white racist any time than my black xenophobic brother who will think nothing of killing me. Eddie in Wodendalteris, uh, we have a beautiful country with its diversity. We need to live together in peace. Yes, we are still having remnants of racism which is eating our beautiful country, but Timothy Thomas had a song, Why Can't We Live Together? Mpumelelo in Cape Town says, We are very naive if we think that we can legislate institutional racism and human behaviors. And Ntuli says, Mr. Mandela would uh, say, Stop this foolishness. Transform through education. This behavior makes you no better than them. Looking at uh, the uh, Facebook page, Ismail Ibrahim Ismail says, Marsha is most definitely a racist, blaming Marikana on black culture. That is just crazy. Ramila Sumar says, yes, it is worse. Louis Weyer says, uh, just check Facebook. It's rife. Tomela Gupta says, um, it is better, but it is more painful to experience it now, now after 94. Uh, there are still those whites who don't want to accept us in our land. 
and uh, they take them as superior to us. And why is the caller saying that this country is for the Khoisan? And Yanni uh, Witt says, um, on behalf of white people, I would just like to say that not all of us are as disillusioned and narrow-minded as Marsha. People like her are the real problem. So those are some of your comments coming through. Apologies that we cannot get to all of them, but what you can do is to go to our website. We will post them all together there from Twitter, Facebook, and um, our SMS line, and you can read uh, what the other listeners had to say. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Mpolase. Your parting shot on this matter? Well, of course, it's all, all of what we've heard today speaks to the differences. There are differences around what we consider a reconciliation in South Africa. On the one hand, you have the minimalist kind of view that apartheid is gone, live and let live, the sort of separate but equal kind of development. So I'll keep my cultural practices and social practices, some of which may be racist, as we saw and heard from the core Marsha, and certainly different kind of perspectives that maybe for uh, black South Africans, social integration, marrying across racial groups and all of that. So that's a different idea of what reconciliation actually means. So entities such as media, as was highlighted, and government can play a very vital role in this kind of social engineering Mm. and basically trying to deal with the disconnect of what it means uh, to reconcile across the racial groups. That's where we're going to have to leave it. Thank you so much, Mzokolo Mpolase, political analyst, and thanks for your participation. We're back tomorrow, bright and early, six uh, between 6 and 9. It's 9 o'clock, time for news with Vabakshni Chetty Miller.